This water news with Steve Baker is supported by Clearwater and Filtration on Rough and Ready Highway, Grass Valley. Well, it's time for water news with Steve Baker. Colorado River, Steve, we've heard a lot of talk about it. Um, and they're, what I'm hearing is they're experiencing a really serious drought. How bad is it? It's been, from what I've read, it's it's been characterized as a very, you know, as a very severe 22-year drought. That's a long drought for us, something we're not used to experiencing. Now, when you look back in time, say 2,000 years, there was a period where we, we in the Colorado River Basin, we had a 24-year drought. And uh, Connie Woodhouse, she's a professor of Arizona, at uh, Arizona of, uh, University of Arizona, she pointed out that uh, this was calculated from paleoclimatologic data, from lakes, from bogs, from caves. They didn't use any tree ring studies for that one. But the study showed that today's Colorado River flow is about 85% or 84% of the average flow that one expects. And it's causing, it's raising havoc because everybody needs water from the Colorado River. Now, back in the day, 2,000 years ago, the low flow was 68% average flow. All right. So what that, that, what that tells me is it can get a lot worse. And, uh, and then when I think about it, okay, we have how many people? 40 million people using that water that need that water then uh, that tells me that you know, we've, we've got to really get on this thing. And, and, of course, they are. They are. But, you know, as extreme as this sounds, there are also some extre- extreme responses uh, to what's happening today. And I, I really uh, would never have thought that I would hear such uh, other, of other extreme responses. Why is that extreme response, Steve? You know, there are two important reservoirs in the Colorado River uh, basin. And one is Lake Powell. And of course, Glen Canyon Dam uh, pushes back the water to create Lake Powell. That's in northern Arizona. And then we have Lake Mead, where the Hoover Dam uh, pushes back the water to create uh, uh, Lake Mead. And that's in southern Nevada. Now, both of these uh, the reservoirs are experiencing very low water levels. So the thought is this, let's drain Lake Powell completely and, f- and use that water to fill up Lake Mead. So the thought is, if you do that, you can save a lot of water. There won't be any more leakage from the bottom of Lake Powell. Lake Powell's built on a sandstone. That sandstone's permeable, so there's a lot of loss through that sandstone. And then the second thing is, of course, evaporation. You only have one big reservoir rather than two. So when you look at the pot, the calculated, the estimated losses that would be saved, uh, they're talking about enough water to serve 9 million people. So it is significant to make that change. And uh, it's being, you know, I, I think it's being considered uh, just as much as many of the other extreme ideas. Now, one of the downsides of emptying out Lake Powell would be that you're going to lose hydropower at the Glen Canyon Dam. It produces a lot of power right now, power enough to to serve 5 million people. So there's a hit there. And then also, you it would raise havoc with the water rights system that they have in the West. Uh, there's a, uh, one of the criteria you use in allocating water through the appropriative doctrine is our uh, diversion points. And of course, Lake Powell diversion point would be going away to some degree. So I'm not sure how that would be done. And uh, in, anyhow, it's a very extreme uh, possibility. But who, who knows? We have to consider the extremes now. Okay, let's get pragmatic. Okay. Um, How could the Colorado River be managed? 
Okay, these are some general ideas that I've heard and read about. Uh, one is, and I've, I'm sure we're all used to it, <clears throat> live within our means, okay? What a, what a concept, right? But the way this would work is you don't allow the reservoir or the groundwater bodies, the aquifers, to exceed the average flow that's experienced in the prior 10 years. So this ten, it's this 10-year bracket that you're always trying to be under that average. The second idea is to adapt our water use to what's going on in the reservoirs. So as the reservoir inflows change, so does our, our water activities. Okay, so I'm kind of in the moment type of thing constantly. The third idea is more of a transactional approach. Um, it's uh, you allocate water uh, for all the regions and all the stakeholders, and then you set an annual uh, flow goal. You decide on the amount of water that you're going to either consume or save or maybe trade with some other area. And then you decide how much of this remaining water, whatever's left over, how much of that you would put back into Lake Powell and Lake Mead. So that, that would be the, the third approach. Now, these, these approaches consider, you know, both flow and volume. That's good. Uh, they divide the cutback uh, amongst everybody. So everyone shares in the, in the pain here. And it's all about adapting, you know, adapting based on forecasting uh, these, uh, these, these uh, actual flows. So, so, you know, it's a possibility. And, uh, and we'll just have to see what happens. Okay, so let's take what we're hearing about the Colorado River and apply it to the Sierra foothills. And in that sense, maybe the Yuba River would be our local equivalent of the Colorado River. Is that an accurate uh, look at it? We can look at it that way, of course, yeah. Well, uh, okay, two things. Uh, what should we watch out for? Okay, well, the way you watch out for something is you have to monitor it. So are we seeing potentially damaging trends, say, in water quality, in reservoir levels, in groundwater levels, those kinds of things? You need to have your eyes on the resources. That is the first thing you need to do. Uh, we are doing that to some degree. We need to do that a whole lot more. So, uh, But that is very, very important. Now, as far as how do we respond to all this, what can we do? do. I favor in, in the third and also the first idea, sort of a hybrid of what I was talking about a moment ago. I think we ought to live, uh, let's, let's live within our means. That makes a lot of sense to me by, by addressing our water priorities of use as well as our regional needs. I think that would be the way to go. It'll take a lot of conversation to do that. Now, I would love, I'm, I'm very curious, I would love to hear from the listeners as to what they think as far as uh, what two priorities do you feel are most important? And then, you know, what two priorities do you think are least important? And I'd, I'd love to hear about that and just to give you an ideas on the types of water uses. We have agricultural row crops. We have agricultural orchards. We have dairy. We have ranch. We have drinking water, in-house uses, right, of our water. We have landscape, whether it be in our communities or in our own properties. We have the environment. And uh, we, have, we have industry. We have, we have recreation. We have a lot of different water uses. So what are the two most important to you, and what are the two that are least important to you? Let Paul know, <laughs> or myself. Just email us, and uh, we'll share your thoughts uh, with everybody else on air next time. Steve, thanks. You bet. Talk to you in two weeks. Okay. Thanks for the update on the Colorado River. Been yeah. kind of interested in that. Yeah, I hope it. Uh, uh, we'll come up with something, but Southern California is going to take a major, major hit. Managing groundwater is Steve Baker's career and passion, 
and that has led him into working on all water sources and supplies. This has been another conversation with KVMR's water guy, Steve Baker. You can email him with your questions at water at operationunite.co.